I fell on my knees today like a baby and I scraped them. It would have probably been worse if I scraped my hands too, like my um, my palms, but I didn't. I just scraped my knees. Well, actually just my one knee. Um, and I tore a hole in the knee of my favorite pants. One of the two pairs of pants that I still can wear in public. Um, the other two are just a little tight. You know, that COVID feeling, which is fine. Except that now I have jeans with a hole in them, a knee that is pretty much destroyed, and I think a dog who likes the taste of blood now, like he immediately, I got home because he wasn't with me, immediately got home and he was like, I have a thirst for blood, and uh, tried to fix it. So I'm a little bit scared I'm going to get murdered in my sleep, but you know, it is what it is shit happens I do feel like a giant baby and that's I guess where we're gonna start today <laughs> um this interview was really fun to do uh Alex is the person I'm interviewing today and she runs Barking Billboard which is I mean you'll hear her talk about it I don't want to say anything but she's awesome I'm going to be at her event on Thursday, which is, uh, she's running this event, it's amazing, for this um, rescue called Coco Mutts, where she got both of her dogs, I think there's only two, they're adorable, also gremlins, um, and so she's doing a fundraiser to, to raise money for their next intake, um, I'm going to be selling some adorable gremlin bracelets, I am now having an out-of-body experience thinking about the fact that I am selling bracelets with the word gremlin on them. So that's my daily dose of what the fuck is this that I'm doing talking about <laughs> talking about dogs. Um, yeah, so I'll be there. Uh, we're running like this, like a sort of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like an Instagram campaign where you can ask anyone anything uh me and alex barking billboard on instagram and uh foster university which is another podcast yeah we're doing like an ask me anything on instagram and then we're gonna answer them and the thing about alex is she's super super knowledgeable on everything foster everything dog related honestly mostly like her knowledge of the even just like local Toronto rescue scene is unparalleled, I think. All this to say, it's going to be an awesome event. Uh, and this interview is really fun to do. I'm wondering if there's any more things. Otis, what are you doing? What are you doing? <gasps> are you eating that? He was eating my underwear. He's, I swear to God. I swear to God, Otis. What do you have to say for yourself? Ugh, I can't take it. Yeah, so I guess without further ado, unless I'm missing something, I, I have this sinking feeling that I'm missing something important that happened with Otis or maybe that, that happened with Alex or that she said to say, I don't know, I'm gonna be at the event. It's gonna be great. Um, Otis is cute still. 
Oh, he dresses a bumblebee for Halloween. Halloween was a couple days ago. Um, yeah, you know, keep on keeping on, everybody. Episode five. Let's go. Tiny, tiny, tiny I hate you sometimes. You're a tiny, tiny, tiny I love you the rest of the time. Oh, I love you the rest of the time. Oh, I hate you sometimes. I have so many questions, but you just got back from Manitoba, right? Were you no, on that no, trip? No, no, no. I didn't do that one. I did the one before that. Right. With uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte. With Ma- the foster yeah. that I ended up No, fostering. no, no. She was a travel companion. So the last like Rough Riders run was yeah. in, on July 13th. Whoa. And that was... So that's when I did that one. And that one was a Manitoba run as well. Yeah. So we drove like 60 plus hours. And oh like God. one's a full like... 24 hour drive like you have to switch drivers so you have the animals obviously so it's just like it's chaos and it takes you like a long time to decompress it's just madness so yeah I didn't do that this time thank gosh I just like raised money to sponsor the rides right so that's what I did those 24 hour drives out sounds like chaos and like I can't imagine like I don't drive anyway because I'm incompetent, but I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine doing like like oh, twenty four yeah. hours sleeping in a car. Even girl, honestly, like I hate driving. I literally hate driving, <laughs> but it was it needed to get done, and it's just it's madness. Like sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, and literally this was the best drive I've ever had in my life. Going there, oh, nice. coming back. Okay, honestly, the cats. So John was sleeping, right? So and I'm trying to get him to sleep because it's like, you know, he needs to rest up because I'm a night hawk. He's a morning guy. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go right through. So he's sleeping, whatever. But all these cats, like they just kept going. Like little kittens and cats when they're just meowing and they just would not stop. And I'm trying to listen to like anything that I'm getting service with. There's no service in this dead area at this point. Like this is past Wawa and stuff like that. So like on the way to Sault Ste. Marie sort of way. So I'm like, I literally cannot take these cats like anymore. And like, you're trying to like go in the dark, driving, staying focused with the pressure of having so many animals like that are right there. And then you're seeing like dead moose track, dead moose track, like blood there, blood there. And like, just within the Canadian shield, you're like, oh my God, I swear. The only thing that's like on my iTunes from like 2009, but I still (laughs) listen to, okay. Cause like, it's all about Spotify, right? So, (laughs) so the only thing that I had is like Wu-Tang Clan. And so, but for hours, and that would be the only thing that stopped the cats from like going ballistic. So I can never listen to, so you know, it's Wu-Tang. So I'm just like, bring the mother effing ruckus for like hours. <laughs> and because it's the only thing that the cats and John could like sleep to. Just like, I haven't listened okay. to Wu-Tang since. And that's been how many months now? Since July. And like I... Wu-Tang's on every single summer list. Okay. So missing out Your on those great ruined. times. 
oh yeah 100% and then like at the one of the last events I went to where I saw some of the rescues where like we dropped off the cats to like nine cat lives and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they um I saw them and I'm talking to them and I swear for another three days after just seeing them, I could hear the freaking cats again. Oh, I'm just like, I know there's a cat you. here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and no, there wasn't any cats. But other than that, honestly, the best, the best thing you could possibly do. Like it was just, um, I'm all, I really love to bring back animals where to a certain place, like a destination where they need to be. Um, you know, and I hate driving. So I've always been like a travel companion. I just helped with the charter coming from back from the Dominican. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. that's like my thing. So when Rough Riders ask like, Hey, can you help out with this one? I'm like, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it was just like, uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. It's hard. It's really hard, but it's worth it. Like, you know, where these dogs come from and like, it's just, it's so sad. So, and the more you can bring back and it's less expensive to bring them back during like those type of runs. So it's really, really worth it. It's just, it takes like a lot of organizing, a lot of planning and like, um, some like really intense brain work. Like you're just constantly on and it's a different stress that you've never had before. So totally. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the tea with that. I'd do it again though. I believe it. I think yeah. it's one of those things from what I understand that's a lot like fostering where it's kind of hell for the first little while, but you forget once you get <laughs> to the end of it. Because yeah, you're like, sometimes. oh, they're just so happy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Except fostering, that's a long ass time sometimes, even if it's three yeah. days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think with fostering, it's so different because it's like, like fostering is just a whole different type of stress. Don't I know it. <laughs> you can't attach yourself to it. You know what I mean? So it's just like you're you're a couch to crash on. So you have to like take yourself away mm-hmm. from the emotional side of it, which is hard because we're obviously like animal lovers. Mm-hmm. And then you get protective like mama bear instincts because just like, oh yeah, who who is this meeting greet with? Are they good enough? <laughs> you know? Like every time. Exactly. Every time. And then, you know, and then it's the goodbye and then you know that they're in a safe zone and it's great, whatever. So then that's all great. And then you come back into your place and then you see pee pads everywhere and broken tables. <laughs> it's stuff, true. Jeez, like, these people have it made who got them adopted. Because yeah. <laughs> we went through all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, right? Like, I remember walking back into my house after because especially after our first foster we had this yeah. like crazy visla mix and he had problems he was a lovely oh, lovely damn. dog but he was like just so upset he hated the city and i remember coming oh, back into our apartment sad. afterwards yeah and but he got adopted yeah. which was lovely yeah that's um, great. And he's got a great family whatever but coming back into the apartment and like everything is like, <laughs> in chaos i'm like i've been <laughs> living like this for like I two know. months i've been living like this yes and you forget no, i agree i know you completely forget and that's like the craziest part and i also find that that's why i love foster fails because yeah once the dog is kind of like you know that they're causing chaos because like it, it depends on the dog, but 90% of the time for me, 
it's been like a, a whole new life for them. So it's full on adjusting. It's full on attention. 100%. Like mm-hmm. you want to take care of them the best way possible. The point of fostering is to get to know them and introduce them to all the different situations. So they get the best bio possible. Totally. Like, do they like cats? Do they not like cats? Like mm-hmm. you expose them to so many things, but it takes a process to get them to that point. So when you know, like, so for Carlos, for instance, he's not house trained. Okay. He is not house trained. This little man, like I found out about a week after I had him, his poop spot right under my bed. I went to find something (laughs) and I see all these turds and I'm like, so that's where this freaking guys were going. So I'm like, why isn't he going? Like, why isn't he going like once a day? Like, I'm trying to like feed him a little more because he needs to gain some weight. I'm like, that's where it's all going. So then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, it's under my bed. So I got the vacuum. I got the vacuum hose. (laughs) I'm like, I'll just like suck it up and then, you know, deal with it. (laughs) Thank God. Well, this little guy's like, he's like a little chihuahua thing. Well, something got stuck and I'm like, maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's something that's like broken, whatever. Nope. It was his little turd. And so then my vacuum broke. So, no. just like, so now I have this like volcanic acid of poop under my bed. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm just like, and then that's when I truly realized I'm like, you know what? This is my dog because oh. I'm not even mad. I'm not even frustrated. That's I'm like, it. this is my dog. Like, I love you so much. There you go. We'll get you there, buddy. We'll get you that, there. Otis was the exact same. His first night, <laughs> I had, I was trying to crate train him. This, this kid yes. will not. Like, there are some dogs just traumatized, <laughs> and he was just traumatized. So I have him in his crate. I have him, the first night, he escapes. I wake up with him in my bed. I'm like, how did this happen? How did this? Yeah. In, in a separate room. Like I had left my door open so I could hear him, but put him in the living room. I wake up, he's like in my bed. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to work. So I put him in my den, door closed. And I'm just sort of like not thinking about it, you know, and he's crying. So I'm like, okay, we're just going to cry it out. Like it's the first few nights. Like it's always yeah. terrible. I wake up the next morning and he has vomited everywhere. Oh no. Like, like I've never, he's small. He's only 15 pounds. I have yeah. never seen this much vomit in my life. Like, are you like, serious? I, I was, I what did happened? not believe that it came. No idea. Just stress. What color was it? Like a yellow? Yeah. Like a regular dog vomit color. Cause if it's yellow, then it could be bile. And I found that out with Willow. So I'm like, oh. why is she puking? And it was bile. And, and then I have to feed her at night now, like late at night. Yeah, he would eat too fast. We got him a slow feeder. That's okay. That's good. But I've never, and even then I'm cleaning up vomit out of this horrific situation. It looked like, like carrying oh, like, been, like, from Stop. the ceiling. Like it was just covered. Stop. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is horrible. But even this, like I forget. And then you're like, <laughs> where's the adoption papers? I must sign. Yeah. I, and literally <laughs> the next day I was like, I guess I yes. am getting this dog. I guess it's mine. <laughs> Uh, By the way, your intro, your intro to this podcast, <laughs> so jokes. Thank I'm you. Like, I'm like, yes, I will be a guest on this because that <laughs> intro sold me, girl. I'm <laughs> so glad. So jokes. Yeah, that was me in my house being like, I hate everything. <laughs> that was the everything. moment. That was the yeah. moment. 
where the, yeah. where the trailer came from. Yeah. <laughs> this deep emotional pain. Why did I do this? <laughs> Why did I have this dog in my life? But you know, I love him a lot and it's worked out for the best, but he's crazy. Like, I think it's a love chihuahua it. thing though. You it's know like what? A, they've got a personality. See, Willow is like, I don't know. She's just lazy. Like, I think it also depends on where they come from. That's so true. like Carlos, he's a street dog. Like yesterday I was at the park for two and a half hours. This guy kept going and I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell you're breeded with because that's not just Chihuahua. Like I've n- have yep. never been to a dog park for this freaking long. Were you still going? And Willow was done in 20 minutes and was just yep. sunbathing the rest of the time. She's just like a little princess now has been here for too long. And you know, they're both from Dominican but I seem like rescue over there, but it's just like, holy, very two different personalities. They both have Chihuahua in them. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Otis is, I think like, I don't know. I said this to Sarah in her interview too. He went to the groomer the other day and, and he came back. And the first thing she said to me was like, so your dog is really weird. I've never seen anything like this. Like, oh fuck. Okay. He, um, <laughs> Yeah, he's got some dashing in him. I think that that's also yeah, where some of the crazy comes comes no, from. No, Willow's like full Chawini. It's good. It's a good mix. She's like, look at her. She's just she she hasn't moved oh my God. in like three <laughs> hours. Yeah, Otis will get like that too. Like he he's crazy energy in the morning. Take him for a walk. He sleeps the rest of the day, and then around yeah. like five, he's like, we're going. Take him for a walk, and he's out. Yeah, Willow's like, it's ten p.m. I have to party now. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, that was a different lifetime ago for me. We shut it down at 10 now. <laughs> we got to reverse your clock. Yeah. That was the old me. Listen, like, like, like mother, like, daughter. that was before COVID. <laughs> that was before COVID, Willow. Like, catch up. Oh, remember those days? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I know. I blocked them from my memory. <laughs> no, I never remembered them to begin with. I, right? Holy. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about Barking Billboard because I don't like okay. I know about you and yes. I, we've met multiple times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me about how it came to be. What was the what was the initiate? Like how 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 did you end up here? All right. So I know I kind of came out of nowhere. I've been like behind the scenes, <laughs> but strong stuck with my rescues, like, you know, just did my thing. Um like never use social media for anything. Um, just did my rescue work like low key. Um, mm-hmm. but then over COVID really pissed me off in all honesty. Like I live like right by the Toronto Humane Society and out of nowhere, all I see are all these pandemic puppies from backyard breeders. Yeah. And I go, and I, I talk to everybody. So I'm asking all the people at the dog parks with their new dogs, like first off, number one, like your dog is way too young to be out here right now, but mm-hmm. whatever. I start conversation no matter what it is. And, um, most people, like I'd say probably nine out of 10 people said, yeah, I wanted to get a rescue dog, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to find one. I, I applied for like one or two places that I knew of. Other than that, I didn't know where to go. And like, we don't know about which rescues are reputable and which ones are not like, maybe they're just stealing money. Like, you know, there's so many 
things. And then with the whole Ukrainian situation, like with Tell the me Ukraine, about it. I know nothing about it. Oh, you do. You do. Like it was a few months ago, not even a few months ago. This was like way back. Um, so there was a charter that came in. It was all backyard breeders, puppy mill brokers, essentially, that would bring in a bunch of Frenchies. So it was all these Frenchies that came in. And then they left them outside because some of them weren't good enough or whatever. They left them outside. So there was like hundreds that died outside just from like heat stroke and whatever. Then that's when people started to kind of pay attention, but they switched the breed. So I'm like, fuck this. Seriously, I can't take this. Like, you're all still buying. Like, why? There's no need. There's literally no need. And then with the laws that have been changing with uh, the states not letting any dogs in, I'm just like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. So I used to actually be in like the high-end fashion world. So that's where, yeah, like that's where people would know me. Like, it's like, Alex, okay. Yeah. The fashion, like Paris fashion week, blah, blah, blah. And so I was known for my clothes. First off, I don't even want to be wearing like all this designer stuff when I'm just fostering and taking care of dogs and at, at my house. Like I'm not out anymore. Right. So I just started wearing all the rescue merch and people started asking questions about it like that. I'm like, perfect. I just want to be like a full on billboard walking around with my dogs. Like, here we go. You know what I mean? Nice. So I've completely switched out my entire wardrobe and just wear everything like this hat, save all the animals, this billboard, adopt, yeah. don't shop. Like I literally just wear all protesting stuff <laughs> <laughs> and I'm walking the dogs a walking and the billboard. people. That's it. And so I'm like, how that's what I'm like a breathing billboard, a walking billboard. Like what can I do to show that it's like for animals? So I'm like, mm. ah, the barking billboard. That's, that makes sense. So there you go. And then, um, with that, and there's going to be another part like later on and connecting like the high-end fashion world with, with this. Yeah. So both of them together. So that's kind of the whole plan. Um, and for now it's just protesting and like saying, Hey, what's up? So putting it in people's faces, like, yeah, there are all of these rescues. Cause I just used to have like a full list in my phone and like airdrop it to people. And I still do that, but it's like, here's all the rescues that I would recommend because I've worked with them through like Mm -hmm. transport or like flight companions or anything like that. And like, I'm not going to work for anybody or give them any animals if like, I don't agree with their standards. So absolutely. You know, like even for me to volunteer for somebody, I'm not going to just give you my time if I don't believe in your values. So everybody who I've recommended and have put up there, like I know somebody there personally and I know their whole process. So I'm sure there's a lot of other reputable rescues, but I just haven't added them because I don't know them. So if anybody's listening, that is a rescue person and is like, Oh my God, I know of like a billion places that are on your list and like, okay, tell them to like reach out to me and I will connect with them because the more rescues that are available, that's the way better because people just don't know where to go. Absolutely. So that's the whole point of it. And there you go. There you have it. What are the top three things that you look for in a good rescue? Um, or maybe like they, top five or like, like big things. Okay. Well, number one, if they're foster, like, is it a mm. foster, a shelter? Um, if they have to be in a shelter, how long until they're mm. over into foster Cause I just think that some dogs shouldn't be in shelters. Um, yeah. I think that like, if you're in a shelter for a month, let's say 
dogs aren't naturally supposed to be in there. And especially if they're from like, say Manitoba and they're res dogs and you're like in a shelter, you're in this little box for a month. That's not going to work out too well in the end. So what's healthiest for the dog in that way? Let's say for cats, like cats in shelters, they mainly walk around. So it really depends on like the animal and the situation as well. Also a give back. Like if they sometimes rescue animals or animals in general, like I see a lot of surrenders. If there's no way to give back the animal, you know, if they're just like, well, you signed a paper, move on. Um, Right. I don't think that that's right. I don't like that because sometimes I, nobody wants to have their dogs come back. Nobody wants to have their animals come back, but you can't control people all the time. So like leaving that open access is pretty important to me because personally for me, I would rather know where that dog is as a rescue throughout the whole time. That's why you have the vetting done the way that it is. That's why you have to go through that certain process of the adoption. And it is so lengthy because you have to keep track. And that's another thing, like the vetting process, like, do you just sign a paper and then you're on your way? Or is there the full, you know, check-in, the quality checks? Like, do you spay and neuter your dog before it goes out um, to be adopted? And if it is a puppy, because obviously you can't do that all the time, if all the yeah. shots aren't up to date, is there a contract that you have to sign before, <clears throat> before the adoption saying that this is You have to be planned with that rescue in order to have that done. Yeah. And also like knowing where they get their animals too. So all of the rescues that I know of, I know where their animals come from because one of my first questions being in rescue, I I like was very lucky. My second rescue that I worked with, that's the coconut shack. And so that's who... I fell in love with, and that was me living it, like practically living in Dominicans. So that's how I got to help. Mm. And I'm bringing all these dogs back. I'm like, who the hell am I giving these, these two? <laughs> like, why? Like, what is going on here? And they're like, oh, that's going to go to Canine Haven. I'm like, okay, who the fuck is Canine Haven? So it's like, then that's when I started to know. And then that's where I got to know them as well. And it's just like, okay, okay, okay. So then you just kind of like sprawl out. And then, um, you know, knowing so much with Rough Riders too and doing that yeah. that run was like a golden ticket because it's like, yeah, you've already done the screening. I'm just going to quality check with it. So, yeah. sweet, yeah. here you go. Like you, were, you were said, these are the good people. So, all right, let's do it. Totally. And then you get to know those people as well. And then it becomes a very small world. So then mm-hmm. you end up knowing everybody on a personal basis. And so it, then it's a character draw at that point. So right. it's like, you just really like the people. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what everyone keeps saying. Like, like you start to, it is so small. I met like mm-hmm. Sarah Valentine was a friend of mine from high school. And yeah, I she's went awesome. to, yeah. And I went to one, I went to yappy hour. And yeah, that's, I yeah. spoke to her twice about rescues. And now here I am like interviewing what? the entirety of Toronto rescue scenes. Like that's just sort of how it is. Cause it's so, it's so small. Everyone knows it everybody. It is so small. It is very, very small. And it's good because like there's some rescues that keep to themselves and like by all means go for it. But like, I really love the community of the Toronto rescues that really help each other and like, um, especially like Ontario and Southern Ontario in general, it's such like, we can really help each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nice. Um, 
So that's another thing too, is like the teamwork makes the dream work aspect. Like sometimes yeah. the, the rescues that are just so on their own, um, I look into why they're so on their own. So it's like, right. what's the tea with that? And because it's such a small world, like I ask everybody, it's like yeah. all my people, I'm like, so who do you know? Like what is going on here? And like, they will all tell the real story. And so it's just like, okay, Instantly. if you're not going to put your name on it, then like, why would I put mine? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, you know, if there's like some high school drama about it, I don't give a shit about that. Like, seriously, why you don't like somebody? I don't care if you like somebody or not. How are the dogs treated? How are the animals treated? Like, that's what I care about. So, and I really like, but my number one thing, just because of like where the barking billboard came from is if what your big no's are, that's my main concern. So if you're not going to be if you're not going to adopt somebody out to a certain person, why, what is the reasons for, for why? Like there's been some yeah. rescues that have wanted to be on the list that have said, well, our nose is if you smoke or if you're over the age of 60 years old, we're not going to adopt a puppy out to you. Um, <laughs> it's just like, what? Like, this is just re- like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like there's no wow. way that I'm adding you onto my list. Like, my parents had three puppies that I foster fails again, but yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> well, whoops, yeah. Hey, it's but things like that I'm you like, don't think about. Those, yeah, but those dogs wouldn't have had a place if, no. my, if that rescue were to like do that intake. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. Those dogs have their own dog run in freaking Muskoka. Okay. Mm. They live a great life mm-hmm. better than anybody's. <laughs> And I'm just like, like, really? And my dad smokes. So it's like, he, they would have been a big no. And they have the best life. So I just think like stupid things like that. I'm not including you. Sorry. You yeah. can be like, yeah, you're probably going to have the best of the best of the best adopters. But it, especially right now when it feels like a lot of people are overloaded. Like it seems like a lot of rescues it. are overloaded. Exactly. And so it's like, you know what? Um, the more no's that you say is the more yeses to Kijiji sales. And do I think that there's definitely no's to be said when you're adopting 1000%, but something outrageous, like if, if you smoke, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's stupid. Like to me, to me, that's just, uh, or else if you're over the age of 60, I'm sorry, 60 is young. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that is young. If you're saying 90, that's a different story. And even still, like, what about if that, if that 90 year old has a PSW or like, you know, a a son or, or, you know, a a full family, like just because that one applicant and you've just screened them because it didn't match your like jot form list, you're just exiting it out. And also I ask um, how, how like their adoptions go as well. So not full adoptions, but like their screening. So once that applicant applies, to your rescue, maybe it's for that one dog. Okay. But do you keep them on a roster list? Yeah. What's your organizing on how to see who's able to be like contacted again for a, a like, for an alike dog. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think if you're just thrown away, then that like, I come from a consumer's point of view. So I'm, I don't want to be consistently rejected. So to, deteriorate that barrier that's kind of where I'm like 
advocating so hard for is like those rescues that don't just ignore you after saying, okay, goodbye. Like, thanks for that one applicant. I just don't like that. So. Well, that's, I, I, I can't imagine, especially, okay, 60 years old is outrageous. It's ridiculous. Like, that's like, so... absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that's so I, It blew young. my mind. It blew my mind. I'm like, this is, this is a sick joke. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are some of the red flags that you see in people who are adopting dogs? I don't know if you're much on that end, but have well, you ever, like... <sighs> That's the thing, like, you know, that's why I haven't been able to be like a foster or adoption coordinator because like I am a hard ass when it comes down to that. Like <laughs> you're also I like really no 60 year olds. No, 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 not like that. It's more just like, like, because then you become emotionally invested. Like it's your responsibility now. Yeah. So to have that opinion is like pretty hard because now I'm putting myself in like the responsibility zone and it's just like. Honestly, if you don't abuse your dog in any way that that form fits, I don't see why you couldn't have a dog. Like, spoil Mm -hmm. the dog. Make sure that the dog is fed and walked and enjoying life and has a smile. And if you're that person for that dog, and there you go. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things. Like, it's hard to say. Yeah, Uh, We've got less than a minute left on the Zoom call. We'll, We'll... hop back on but yeah, okay. before we go in the less than a minute that we have is there anything that you want to tell any first time fosters or owners adopters puppy proof your house yeah that's a smart <laughs> one <laughs> i puppy proof everything even before i go to sleep i do a full yeah. check and it's just like and get oh. on the ground and do it like look at oh, what yeah, the yeah, eyeline yeah, yeah. is <laughs> exactly exactly puppy proof the house I'm narcotic with that 100%. Is that a, yep. like, no, narcotic? There is a word like that that I'm trying to find. It was right there. <laughs> neurotic, <laughs> neurotic. Neurotic, that's right, because the narcotic. <laughs>